Control the coinage in the courts, let the rabble have the rest. Thus, the Padishah Emperor advises you. And he tells you, if you want prophets, you must rule. There is truth in these words, but I ask myself, who are the rabble and who are the ruled? Muad'Dib's secret message to the Lansrad from Arrakis Awakening by the Princess Irulan. Everybody, mm. Cypher, shut the fuck up! I'm doing the intro. <laughs> it's I Fred Dune with Rory Foy. I don't even get to say that every week. We, you guys, you guys quartered my rations <laughs> for this period of time where I get to address the listeners. Yeah, and then Andy <laughs> came in like a Skeksis coming in. <laughs> It's I've read Dune with Rory Voy. I'm Rory Voy. I've read Dune. With me, as always, are the Story Boys. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make something very clear. Austin, introduce yourself. Okay. Well, I'm Austin. That's all we need to know. Okay. Because Andy's in trouble for his weird Skeksis noises. <laughs> you can't make Skeksis noises. <laughs> Like that was never written down in the rules before we started. <laughs> it doesn't say a dog can't play basketball. <laughs> I'd love to see a Skeksis play basketball, though. <laughs> Rory, it's yeah. it's more Dune. It's more Dune time. We're really approaching the oh, end. I'd love to be here. We are we are we are slowly but surely encroaching upon the end. Chapter forty eight is the last chapter of the book. We're on forty one. Mm. We're not hitting. We're not hitting forty eight tonight. But you know. In the chronology of 1 to 48, we're certainly closer than we've ever been. Tell me more about numbers and how close they are to others. If I read one more chapter, I'll be the closest <laughs> to the end of Dune that I've ever been. <laughs> you know, it kind of hurts me when you quote books you have read. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't, don't you dare read another book until you've read the one that I like. <laughs> well, that's the whole reason we're here. It is. It is the whole reason. And if I were a gambling man, since we started this podcast, neither of you have read a book. I certainly have not read a book, but I've read I, a lot of manga. I've read several <laughs> books. I've you read liar. several books in the last month. <laughs> You've read several books in a month. Drop the names. Skyrim uh, books don't count. No, they're Skyrim Witcher. Books. They're Witcher books. So. <laughs> oh, okay. So they are actual books, but they they're are short about... stories. They're the chapters. They're they're. <laughs> they're, chapters. They're, they're chapter books. <laughs> chapter books is such a funny way to describe a book an adult reads. <laughs> Let's find out what we're hearing about today. 
Yeah, last because yeah. last we left, we uh, Paul was Paul was on the back of a majestic worm. He was setting up for the worm. Mm, mm-hmm. And we have not we have not seen Paul mount the worm yet. That's this week. He he, he got his hooks in, right? Or did he just have his hooks ready? You know, now that you mention it, I feel like I remember saying that he got his hooks onto the worm. But if he if if that happened, then there's going to be a slight cut uh, a slight cut back in time. I see. Okay. I see. I see. Okay. Well, let's whisk us away. All righty, everybody. Chapter forty-one. Okay, so we're cutting back to Jessica, uh, who is hanging out in her cave, uh, as she does now. She's sort of. Uh, <laughs> cave lady now she doesn't go out on adventures because we're still kind of getting the full picture of the time skip right because we got like a big time skip and we're kind of learning about what everybody's up to Mm -hmm. yeah and paul's got a spooky new sister right who i believe we decided according to my notes my very official notes is young sheldon she's got she's got young sheldon energy (laughs) okay i actually get that a lot for some reason (laughs) People in the street I've never met. <laughs> you have young Sheldon energy. <laughs> yeah, well, reflect on that. Yeah. Uh, so we're hanging out with Jessica. Some some handmaiden brings her a cup of coffee. Uh, it's an odd way to start the chapter, but it, it's nice to flex on Jessica's sort of newfound position within the society. And, uh, you know, she's not a weeper anymore. Remember how before uh-huh. she was always sure. worrying about crying and that's kind of. It's kind of a, a a thing of the past. So she gets now, this cup of. Go ahead. Is this is this regular coffee or is this just like Arakeen spice coffee? It's probably spice coffee, but they do not <laughs> specify specifically how spicy it is. It's just a cup <laughs> okay. of coffee. Two star, three star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you remember, one of Jessica's new found abilities from the uh, from drinking the shit the the very special spice the the water of life that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, gave her a scary daughter or gave her a young Sheldon uh, <laughs> is that she can sort of stop time indefinitely to consider things that happen to her and, and change her metabolism. She can she can slow down time so much that poison is, is, a, is a non-issue. And she's like, this is so nice. I can get a cup of coffee and I can never be poisoned, which is wow. I guess if I guess if you're a, an important political figure, maybe that's worth considering. But it, yeah, if you're, say, a Duke Leto. Who gets a poison tooth and dies? Uh, yeah, of poison. I suppose. Yeah, but it seems like an odd flex for somebody just having their morning coffee. <laughs> to, and she yeah. doesn't say it to anybody. She just considers how dope it is to be herself and can't be poisoned. <laughs> the best part of waking up is knowing you won't die. <laughs> That's good. I also like that she might say that to the person who made her food. It's just like, just remember, I can't die of poison. Like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not with that bad. a little wink. I'm not I've, that I've worked bad. with you for two years. <laughs> My cooking isn't that bad. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> All right. Well, that's fine if you do, because I can't die of poison. Uh, at this point, Hera and Aaliyah enter the room. Aaliyah is our young Sheldon. Mm, Hera okay. is Paul's is Paul's sort of pseudo wife, the uh, the wife of Jameis. Uh, oh, right. She's come in with a couple of problems. One of which, so she has found herself as sort of uh, Aaliyah's caretaker, her primary. Oh. Uh, Jessica's got a busy, got a busy life. She has to be stoned out of her mind on LSD every day to be Reverend Mother of the Fremit. Yeah, oh. she's spice high all the fucking time. So she's not a fit mother at this point. 
I mean, that's subtext, but right. She doesn't have a day job, so she could be taking care of Aaliyah, her own fucking daughter. Uh, and mm-hmm. she is not. She doesn't do it. Uh, Hera's a little annoyed at Aaliyah because Aaliyah does this thing where she's intentionally spooky and every and everybody finds it <laughs> off putting. <laughs> sure. Something else I get a lot. <laughs> she snuck into the delivery room to watch babies being born. Oh. Uh, and she is two. This is a two-year-old girl. She has the sort of cognizant abilities of a young adult, if not older, but certainly at least a young adult. Okay. And sorry, are we still in like a large developed network of caves? Uh, you know, the cave system is frequently underdescribed, but there's room for everybody and for Jessica to have her sort of reverend mother spice pit. So, I, uh-huh. uh, and, and like a hospital wing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And this is this is all because she had to like she had to essentially make her daughter like a, a, a mini Benny a mini Jesuit when she was in the womb. She is a mini Benny Jesuit, and they also shared a consciousness with a third person, right? The Reverend Mother right. who who was who was on the way out. Yeah, right. it was turning into dust. Uh, yeah, yeah. It seems like a bad thing to have done to your daughter. It's it's not well. It's one of those. It's an odd thing. Aaliyah is handling it pretty okay as far as a two-year-old with a, the mind of a of a of a twenty-something of a full adult. Uh, she, she does she does bring up how awful it was being a fetus uh, <laughs> when when she was given the gift of consciousness as you know a stack of embryos and not know right. what the f- and you being think like, she has like some good insult comedy about being a fetus have you ever <laughs> have yeah it's got a type have, five have you ever had to be fully aware of yourself and your being and also not be a developed human being nine months will give you such a crick in the neck <laughs> oh my god can we turn her off <laughs> so what I love about Hera, so Hera is a is a a pretty cool caretaker to Aaliyah. Not only that, she's just she's so fucking horny, and, and, and unlike the other <laughs> characters, she doesn't really express it specifically. She's if you remember last week, she was like, "I'm so young and so hot, I'm so offended that Paul won't take me as his wife." Right? Yes, totally. And now she's like, "I've spent two years." Not fucking with this hot, tight body and it's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wants a piece of this and I'm here not getting snacks every week. Snacks? (laughs) I think think that's our chapter title is I'm here not getting snacks. (laughs) And to make matters worse, I'm the godmother to this sort of Wednesday Adams character. Oh, cruel fate. <laughs> and my husband is dead. I don't have that stress relief. Somebody as hot and tight as me normally has. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it because it's a book, right? Like, you you don't know objectively what's true. You don't. And even if they, the book says she's super hot, you know, it's still narrative, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's a non-visual medium. So I love that she's just like, this is bullshit. I'm so hot. <laughs> she's so all funny out of shape <laughs> i should be i should be first in the parade <laughs> someone should be bending me out of shape yeah <laughs> someone plow her <laughs> uh so Hera's talking about how Aaliyah's personality is just difficult 
and uh, she understands adult jokes because Hera is so is so bent out of shape. She's constantly making innuendos, apparently. Uh-huh. She's like, and I don't like how this little fucking two year old is on my case every time I make a, you know, every time I insinuate that mommy needs a little sugar. <laughs> wow. See, now I'm just picturing the little baby from Dinosaurs, Baby Sinclair. <laughs> oh, God. Who just can make can make zingers and looks like a monster. <laughs> no, she uh, uh, she does look kind of like a monster in uh, in the uh, David Lynch film. The only time I think I've seen her portrayed. When I've talked to my mom about the about Dune, uh, she, she you know she has seen both movies now, and she still kind of shudders and hates how uh, Aaliyah is done in the David Lynch movie. And having not seen it, I don't know what that means, but she's just like, yeah, it's fucking awful. <laughs> well, she's supposed to be, you know, and at the moment she's supposed to be two. I, I don't remember how much time passes between now and when she, in the David Lynch movie, the scene that is most like if you were to Google it. Uh, it's at the end of the book, and I don't remember how much time has passed by that point. Okay, uh, but the little girl they cast looks pretty babyish. It's it, they found a good a good person to sort of sell the spookiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jessica explains to Hera shit we already knew that she drank the water of life. She passed on all of her memories, all of uh, the other Reverend Mother's memories, all of her Benny Jesuit training to a pile of cells in her womb, and it kind of fucked her up a little bit. Yeah, uh, but Hera's hella cool. Hera loves Aaliyah. She's and she loves Paul, and she loves being a member of this family. She loves how much Paul has like taken a a kinship to her sons. As horny oh, yeah. as she is for D, she's pretty happy with the set. Like she hasn't strayed, right? Even though mm-hmm. she, I think, has every right to be. She's not a a member of the of Paul's harem. I don't think right. those things have changed. At the moment, Paul does not have a harem. We just know still we know Stilgar for sure does. Uh, <laughs> we know Stilgar's got a got a got a number of wives, so it's it's possible. Um, but Hera, Paul initially did not take as a wife. He took her as a right uh, sort of companion, and she has to take care of Aaliyah, I guess. Even though that's Jessica's kid, but uh, Hera does mention that she also has some Benny Desert training or. Something similar from the from their reverend mother. I see. Uh, she could have she could have done the rites and become a Benny Gesserit priestess and just chose not to. Which uh, to me seems like a real missed opportunity. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? You're on Arrakis, not uh, uh, any other planet. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to meet Thartar, one of Stilgar's wives. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's a real mouthful. Thartar. Yeah. Yeah. So she she's going to want to talk to she wants to talk to to Jessica about Paul's test. Because um, in Fremen culture, there is a certain, um, it's a little bit, I'm trying to remember the analogy that's, mo- it, it, it's a common a common practice in, in these sort of fantasy settings, right? Where the, the leader is chosen through, you know, somebody's expected to challenge the, the leader when they're uh, no longer the strongest of the tribe. Uh-huh, sure. Such that the, the leader can always be the strongest person. And she's like, well, Paul's definitely going to kill Stilgar. And Jessica's like, he doesn't want to kill Stilgar. And she's like, yeah, but he could. And they're going to, once he's a real Fremen, once he's done his test, then that's what people are going to expect. Oh, I hate that. Aaliyah wants to go with Tharthar and talk to all of the grown men, the adult soldiers, about ways they can chill the fuck out. Mm. And everybody's cool with that. <laughs> so what, she's just going to talk to him and be like, 
Chill. Yeah, use the voice. Use the voice. <laughs> oh, can uh, can Aaliyah use the voice? Uh, you actually, I don't know. If she has Jessica's memories, the Aunt Benny Jesuit training, there's a pretty reasonable chance she can. And I don't remember if it is, if there's a twist later or if she learns it later or neither. Um, the specific case of Aaliyah with the voice uh, will be uh, a, re- a genuine reveal on the podcast. That's not a that's not a factoid that I have off the top of my tongue. But at the moment, she hasn't exhibited it. Right. I know she's got the mind of uh, an adult, but I did sort of immediately think of how scary it would be if a real two year old had the voice just to be like, (laughs) feed me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, give me attention. Like horror movie shit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But in this whole conversation with Hera, Jessica and Hera are talking about the sort of Wednesday Adams aspect and like Hera is quite protective of Aaliyah, quite, quite uh, maternal. And it, it's nice to see. Yeah. Then at the very end. So the part of the reason that Hera is, is this whole conversation is happening with Tharthar. When Hera's stewardship is over with Paul, she is going to join Tharthar as one of Stilgar's wives. Oh, because mommy's got to get hers at some point. Right. And Stilgar's a good option. Stilgar yeah. for sure fucks like a king among men. <laughs> yeah. There's no possible way he doesn't he doesn't smash your he doesn't smash your perception of the three dimensions. <laughs> well, and I feel like at this point you kind of just sort of roll up on Stilgar's place and just sort of give him the <laughs> give him the sort of eyebrow wrinkle. Oh uh, well, then, but yeah, know. I mean maybe she did that. Maybe that's how we got to this point. Uh, on the other hand, she did that exact tactic with Paul, who was a horny 16-year-old, and he didn't fall for it. So she may be feeling a little bit shunned, and her confidence may be shattered a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Hera? Yeah. Got it. But she's for sure. She, she'll she tell anybody who will listen, she's young and hot and trying to bounce on right, that right. D. So <laughs> Stilgar's, Stilgar's got no problem with it. Uh, the conversation changes to, uh, to Chaney. Uh, Hera points, Hera says that she's like, was never jealous of Chaney. Obviously lying. (laughs) I don't know that Hera, I don't know that Hera cares which way, which, which person takes care of her, her needs. As long as everybody acknowledges that she's a woman with needs and she's super hot. (laughs) She's super hot. Yeah. I would just like the record to show. (laughs) <laughs> that I'm still keeping it tight, and I deserve better. <laughs> She's never exhibited any particular like need for specifically Paul. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And and she's like, she tells Jessica that I know you don't like Cheney, and Jessica's like, I love Cheney, and Jessica's, like, and then Harris like, yeah, but you don't like her for Paul, and Jessica's like, touche. And they agree that Cheney also is worried that she's not, she's not really the the chosen bride of the Lisan Al Gaib. Huh. Now, but they already have a kid, right? They definitely have a kid. Right, because they've got Leto Jr. Leto, Leto too. Right. Little Leto Jr. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel to Leto. <laughs> That's the chapter. All right. Okay. It's That feels like a reality TV episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's got some Real Housewives vibe. Or an episode of Wife Swap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Chapter 42, Paul Paul straddles that worm. Oh. oh. <laughs> so he does... Wait. Oh, no. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, Paul gets on the worm this one. So we start off 
uh, Stilgar is quizzing him on worm facts uh, while they're waiting for the worm to show up. It's pretty cute. Oh. Now, sorry, when you get uh, back on the worm, is that when you relapse or is that when you? Quit? I think that's. Oh, I think that's you take a control of your life. Okay, I that's right. That's back, good. back on the worm is good. Okay, good. <laughs> when you fall off the worm, that's bad. That's bad. Okay. I think it's similar to wagon rules. Being on a wagon is good, and <laughs> o- and falling off a wagon is bad. Worms work on r- wagon rules. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the worm facts that Paul learns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they get a big boy. A big old fucking monster worm shows up. And uh, Paul gets on it. Rides it around. Shows off how cool he is. So cool. Then all the other Fremen that are around all hook in to the same. Not the exact same scale. But they hook into a scale. Climb up. And everybody's sitting one so by how one. Many, how, many, how many folks we got on this worm now? Roughly Uns- unspecified, I guess ten to twenty. Okay, damn. And and what's the purpose? Is it just to sort of go? Do they need to go somewhere? I mean, they're usually content. Do they do they write it to to just sort of show off? This like, like Whale Rider, it, like the movie Whale Rider, to just kind of to do it as like a symbol. Have you seen of, Whale Rider? I've seen the movie Whale Rider. Okay, it's a good movie, but it isn't. It's a deep cut. Although it is a Best Picture nomination. Did it get it? It was up there. I can't remember. I think it didn't get Best Picture, but I think that little girl got Best Actress. Keisha Castle Hughes. Yeah. So now that Austin has shown off his whale rider, his whale water knowledge. <laughs> um, yeah. So the point is, in, in in a very reductionist way, this is the Fremen driving test. This is the sort of it's a it's a test of adulthood, but it's right. also this the worms are how they manage to traverse and control a significant portion of the of the Arrakis sort of geography. Okay. Uh-huh. Desert power. It's desert power. Got it. Now I get it. I've seen it in the movie. <laughs> they talk about it. <laughs> so that's why that's why they're doing this specific ride is for Paul. And Paul is, you know, o- older than most Fremen who have ridden their first worm. Mm-hmm. Andy, can we get a clip drop of Paul saying desert power right here? Yeah, I would love that. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say him being too old for this uh, is is very similar to when I will finally go take my driver's test in my 30s. Oh, which will eventually I'm assuming I'm assuming will happen. Uh, I've not made any steps toward it, but I don't have it yet. You and should just not leave somewhere with you should just not live somewhere with such terrible infrastructure that it, you're infantilized by the inability <laughs> to drive. Well, but also think about this. When you approach your driving instructor, you can say just as Muad'Dib uh, <laughs> conquered the worm. So, too, will I conquer this Subaru Forester. <laughs> So in a very in a very sort of stern fatherly way, Stilgar will now tell Paul the ways he fucked up this this worm ride. Oh, oh. I see. sure. You left your blinkers on. You uh, bumped over the cone a couple times. That's more or less what happens. Uh, he says that uh, Paul failed to. There was drum sand near him, which he knew, and Paul's like, "I knew that." And Stilgar's <laughs> like, "Then you should have." signaled to everybody else that, you know, there's drum sand and that we're going to move the worm first. But you didn't. And that was a, it's a bonehead move. You're trying to look cool and you could have killed, you could have killed everybody. 
which is obviously an exaggeration and, and everybody knows that, but he's like, Silgar's like, look, dude, every so much of the way we handle our business is about protecting your life. And you just mm-hmm. wanted to show off and look cool on a worm. And you, that's bullshit. Oh, Stilgar. You're oh, not Stilgar. careful. Your wife's going to become my wife. If you're not careful, <laughs> somebody's going to wind up getting the sweet D from Daddy Stilgar. Oops. Oops. <laughs> uh, Paul Paul has to control his emotions. He goes through the litany of fear. Uh, right now, he's still a little weepy in a way that Jessica has now completely overcome. I mean, he's not literally weepy, but it's the same thing. Like, we cut to his inner monologue. And he's like, I'm so angry and my emotions are uncontrollable. And he's like, oh, no, wait, 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 wait. I got I got a mantra for this shit. We cool. Stilgar's being helpful. I'm being a I'm being a baby. Well, he yeah. is a young adult. He's a he's a what? How old? How old must he be? He's like 19, 20, 17. I think we're in the maybe. 17, 17 yeah, to maybe 18 range. You might be right. You might be right. It might be 17 to 18. So like barely legal as they would say. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was dumb as shit. So after Paul's public dressing down and he has to calm himself from his teen rage, is that is that what we got or no, well, I no, assume, no, I assume I assume he grabs the hooks and goes out on the worm himself for a couple hours just to sort of blow <laughs> off steam. Well, kind of. They, everybody stays on there, but there is an odd moment because as the sand rider, Paul now gets to choose the destination everybody has to go. Oh, shit. And of, course, Chuck, of course, Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the Fremen follow it's my house, it's mine N64. We're going to yeah. play the game I want to play rules. <laughs> and where does he go? Paul wants to go south where Cheney and his son are. Oh, because uh, they were right. Pretty solid. They, pick. they went off for a while. They're in a different. They're in a different cave or a different sketch. Yeah. And remind me, why was that? No particular reason. Uh, probably Paul was off doing conqueror bullshit with Stilgar, and, and they stuck around, or or they're off where they are now because of. It's conqueror. not totally clear, but Jessica presumably is in Sietch Tabor, which is not where Cheney is. Okay. So theoretically, the south where Cheney is is not Ch Tabor, and Paul wants to go there. Now, as for why there, where why Cheney is separated at this moment is not clear, but Paul and Stilgar have definitely been out being being murder monsters. Okay, and Cheney gets the kid on weekends. So no, Cheney gets the kid full time. <laughs> oh, Paul comes home on weekends from a from a long week of killing Sardaukar. He learned it from his mom. He learned it from his mom. <laughs> How to abandon your child. <laughs> so the thing about going to the south, I guess the cave where Cheney is is like a some sort of politically important cave slash ch to the Fremen. Uh, that's not going to come up right now. But Stilgar says, "Hey, you know what would be way cooler is if we go to the cave of birds." <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm always pitching that on road trips. <laughs> uh. Silgar's putting off the uh, the inevitable confrontation that he and Paul are going to now have to have now that Paul is a sort of fully indu- not not a sort of fully he's got his he's got his uh, dual citizenship with the Fremen yeah and as the obvious best fighter on the planet uh, there's an expectation that he is going to spill some blood and take a, take his seat on the throne okay but do they go to the cave of birds they go to the cave of birds instead. All right. Hey, Freakazoid, you want to go to the Cave of Birds? 
Do I? <laughs> Cave of Birds honestly sounds like uh, a legal, like a bat, like a fake Batman. Uh, who's like, oh, it's not the Bat Cave. Legally, he's in the Cave of Birds. <laughs> uh, so while they're going to the Cave of Birds, uh, they see some ornithopters fly ahead. And the Fremen do not care for this because they are way deep in Fremen country. And uh. they fought pretty hard to keep the Harkonnen men, uh, as we will learn shortly, more or less immobilized to the immediate territory of Arakeen. So the ornithopters flying near the Cave of Birds is a big no-no. <laughs> we all know. They all dismount from the worm and uh, sort of take their hiding places. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recognize that these ornithopters are... Uh, not Harkonnen, but instead smuggler smuggler ornithopters. And Paul and Stilgar decide is it a trap? Wait. Wait, is indeed. It? Wait, indeed, Andrew. Are we going to see Gurney again? We might see, we might see fan favorite rock star swordmaster Gurney Halleck. <laughs> shortly. But that's the end of the episode. Oh, fuck. Okay. Oh, All right. shit. See, I was I was thinking for a second we were going to see that hot water pirate again. No, he um, died. But he died, I know, which I got sad again about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Austin needs some time to himself to sort of re-mourn the pirate. No, the sexy pirate should have lived and should have taken should have taken up with uh, Hera. Yeah. Yeah, Hera could use the the wet the wet the embrace of pirate, a water pirate. The wet pirate. embrace of a sexual pirate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, imagine how much better that would have been if she was like, "Yeah, you have to, you have to take care of me now, Paul. Are you going to take me as your wife?" And Paul's like, "No, actually, I'm like I know 15, a guy. But you know what? And then he opens door number two, and there's the pirate. And she's like, "Oh, I think we can make a deal." <laughs> mm, good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, I think Paul. In a, oh, I don't think Paul dodged a bullet because Harris sounds like she can really. She sounds mm. awesome. She sounds yeah. awesome. Have you heard but... how hot she is? <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a, he's got a, you know, he's got a war to run. Mm-hmm. And uh, sounds like she's kind of really more interested in the war on her, on that, on that ass. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to stage a full scale conflict <laughs> on this butt. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you want to hear more shows from us, we have two more for you. The Infinite Backlog is our extremely exciting Marvel podcast where we started at 1961 and we move forward with way too much reading. Wham, bam, pow. (laughs) And you get to hear almost every week Rory and Shane complain about how much reading it is. There's so much reading. It's always Warlock. (laughs) It comes out most Saturdays. Saturday morning, Tuesdays, you guys, it's the show that started it all. Uh, You can hear me, Rory, and Andy, and we are on this journey most Tuesdays where we are looking through the weirdest and wildest, coolest and droolest uh, (laughs) cartoons, children's cartoons, adult cartoons from all across the spectrum of time. We're going to cover your favorite show. Maybe we're going to talk about the ones you hate. Probably. 
and <laughs> it's a great, wonderful time. So be sure to catch that. And of course, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows, really, and you want to support us, we do have a Patreon chock full of bonus content, everything from videos to sound clips to even some fun art that I get to make for you once a month. Um, and, you know, even if you can't support us monetarily, if you don't have anything to give, we would just love it if you joined our Discord and send us memes. <laughs> um, send memes to us all day long. Keep us awake all night long with your memes. We love memes. We consume them. Just ruin us with your memes. <laughs> Please ruin us with your memes. As always, our links are in the episode description. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Laters. Laters.